0: This is your go-to podcast dedicated to getting the exclusive scoop from the industry's top influencers that are helping to shape the cybersecurity, audit, and IT governance landscape. Tune in as we dig deep and learn their motivators, explore their industry journey, and investigate their ideas and predictions on what the future holds. This is ISACA's Cyber Pros. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for joining CyberPros. I'm John Brandt, Director of Professional Practices and Innovation here at ISACA. Today, I've got a really special guest for you all. Longtime colleague of mine, served with him in the Navy, Fred Carr. If you just introduce yourself to our watchers here and give a summary of your background, what you've been up to and uh, the, the recent move back to Michigan.
1: Yeah, so uh, my name is Fred Carr, the uh, founder, CEO of a small defense company called Anchor Systems. been doing uh, cyber, intel, DOD, Navy for 30 years, and probably the last couple of years been making a real big push to come back home to Michigan, and just in the last couple of weeks have really started to um, open up our own facility here and really um, start to, to make the, the permanent migration to Michigan here within the next uh, couple of months, but still working really close with the DOD, the the IC, and really expanding the business to not just the uh, federal government, but but commercial industry and uh, state governments. So, yeah, I, I, as usual, I'm, I'm all over the place when it comes to the spectrum of support. So, yeah, excited to be on here with you.
0: Well, I tell you, man, I'm really excited for you. We've been talking about getting back to Michigan for a couple of years. You came back. I left. I'm back on the East Coast where I belong. Uh, But, you know, anytime you're in town, boy, I'd love to catch up. Even more excited that given your background that you're starting to branch out into the commercial space because there's just not enough of that. Uh, We could talk about a lot of different issues all the time. Uh, Always have been. There's so much to be said in the space. But given recent events, We're going to coin the evolution of interconnectivity between cyber and warfare, right? Beyond first, second, and third order effects. And obviously, we've got a a wide uh, viewership, right? Spans the globe, spans industries, not just DOD-centric. So um, where where it makes sense to kind of explain the acronym soup, we will. uh, We'll start with ICs, Intelligence Community, because really your background in all the work you've done with the IC over the many years I've known you really makes you an excellent person to talk about cyber and warfare and not specifically what's going on in Ukraine, Russia right now. But listen, let's be honest, right? All eyes of the world are on this situation. And it truly has been kind of the nexus of where non-kinetic and kinetic uh, things just intersect. So
1: I actually call that the eye of Zaron. Yeah, yeah. Right, I mean, and, and, and I say it uh, kind of half-heartedly, but it is exactly that, and I think that's part of the problem, right? And, and when we go to what we're talking about is the interconnectivity, right? It, it's, it is really our inability uh, from a DOD and, and IC to really be able to um, track more than one thing. We used to, but, but we, we no longer do that. We, we are very reactive, and that, and that is a... Uh, that's a big problem for us. It's one of the reasons why you're seeing the limited options by the government for Ukraine. It's it's one of the reasons why I think it's so exciting to branch out into commercial because really the 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 element of of speed of technology and really of relevance isn't going to be found in um the DOD or the US government. It's actually going to be found in the the commercial sector. And it's going to be the the ability to integrate that relevancy and and how well we do that is going to be the measure of success. So let me ask you something, because you just said
0: something there and really it brought to light. Do you think that it's a problem of prioritization or is it as, we, as the government continues to dabble with private partnerships and to reorg, right? Because every time there's something out there, it seems to be it's the shell game of existing resources. What are your thoughts on that?
1: That's a fact. That, you're absolutely right. And, you know, the, the, there's a key word that you brought up, and 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 it's accurate. Unfortunately, it's accurate. And, and the key word that you said is dabble. And that's exactly what they that's exactly what they're doing. They're they're dabbling, right? The government is dabbling into technology, it's dabbling into cybersecurity, it's not truly prioritizing it. It, it says it. And, and I and I don't believe that it's Congress that's not doing it. I think Congress is doing everything it's being, you know, it's doing what it can. I, I think you see. You, know, you have the government leaders going up to Congress and saying, hey, I need more money. I need more of this. I need more of that. And, and Congress has to take them at their word. And so that's where you see the defense budget. But if you take a look at the defense budget every single year, and I do, I look at the NDA all the time. You look at where the money is being distributed, just the color of money, the position of money, all of it, Cyber's there. It it is. It's 100 percent there. It's just it's just not in the pots that you would think that it would be in. So I don't necessarily blame Congress as much as I think the DOD and the IC are are still trying to figure out how they're going to really maximize and use information in cyber um, and now space to their advantage and they, they're they're not able to do it right now and it's a shame because it's not something that was sneaking up on us right I mean you take a look at great power competition I don't think anybody says oh my god I don't know how the Russians and Chinese snuck up on us <laughs> I, I don't get that I, I just it, it baffles me you know
0: it's it's frustrating on a lot of regards and regarding you know I, I'll give you a lot of props because I think you I see both sides of it, and I agree with you. I think that you know lawmakers, whether it's here in the U.S. or or any country, you have to trust those that are in position to influence your your senior officials here in the U.S. Right? When you when you look at that, there's this concept they call iron triangle, right? And it's it's your agency heads, your your advocacy folks, you know, and that's really because everybody's got an angle, right? At the end of the day, everybody's trying to get something out of it. And you and I saw this on active duty all the time where you had career civilians that if they didn't like the approach of a new uniformed officer, they would just sit there and wait them out or her, right? Absolutely. And so when you program money, what's when I talk about our challenges, and it's, and it's so much bigger than just cyber, right? This nation largely has personal accountability and integrity issues at all levels. And it becomes, we're a prosperous nation. We can argue all day long. We know that there's money that's not spent well. But it's, what's the enforcement of it? Because, you know, that those that are, are approving the budgets and everything. There needs to be the checks and balances on the backside because, yeah, there is a ton of cyber money that's out there and competing priorities. And the money isn't always used for what it was originally earmarked for.
1: For a fact. So it's so you're, you're talking about accountability, right? You're talking about accountability. You're talking about leadership. You know, it's all these things, all these posters that everybody sees as they walk down these halls of uh, wherever, right? I mean, the commercial or or even academia, certainly in DoD leadership, accountability, yada yada yada. The reality is that it's not being practiced. That that's and and what you see now, and, and I've said this before, and I and I won't pwn it, and I'm not going to put anybody under the under the wheels or anything like this, but you see that lack of leadership within the senior ranks, you really do, and and I believe one of the reasons, like. I see the management of risk, but what they're working for isn't necessarily, they're not doing, they're not working for the next promotion. They're working for the next job. And that next job is in corporate America, right? So back in the 80s or in the 90s, right? I mean, if you wanted to make Admiral, you know, you're you're a captain on an aircraft carrier. The one thing that you didn't do is you did not ground that aircraft carrier coming back off a of deployment, right? I mean, you just didn't do that. But if you didn't do it and you were able to do that, you know, you made Avro, right? Okay. Now you take a look at it. And like, if you make a decision in information or cyber, and it's and it's the wrong decision, well, you're not going to go on the board of Cisco or IBM or GM or any of these other ones. And you take a look and I, you take a look at all of these corporate structures. Take a look at who's on these boards. Right. And I mean, these are are these risk managers? Are they leaders? Uh, I don't know that I would say you've seen a lot of leadership. I think you're seeing a lot more management of risk. And that's a, that's a problem, because what we really need right now is leadership. And, and we talk about risk. We talk about failing fast. And you are seeing some. But the challenge is certainly with great power competition is that I don't need to see some. The nation needs to see scale. And that's what we have to get to. We have to talk about scale. We have to talk about, you know, if we want to, if you wanted to beat ISIS, okay, you're talking about, you know, maybe, you know, you're, you're talking small numbers at the end of the day. You want to talk about Russia and you want to talk about China? You're talking seriously, like China has over 2 million, right? 2 million people that are working actively within their cyber apparatus. 2 million. What, what, what do you think we have? There's nowhere close to that. That doesn't mean that they have. I'm not. I'm not saying they have two million hackers, right, or, or anything like that. But there's two million that are actively working right now within that apparatus, be it, um, you know, defense or be it information. They are active in that, and, and we don't. We don't have the same scale. We simply just don't. No, you know,
0: and that just we could. We can boil the water over over uh you know what the personnel pipeline looks like, and I'm gonna definitely have you back on a little later this year because I I love talking workforce stuff, you know that. But you know, talked about reality, right? And so let's let's kind of dig in here. DoD's definition of cyber versus reality, like so. <laughs> And its implications on the various level, various mindsets, right? From strategic all the way down to the tactical level.
1: Well, so it's interesting. And, and so I think so, you know, you and I have been in the DOD in the government and understanding doctrine and understanding definitions. But, you know, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about, you know, the, the premise of, of the conversation. And it is Really understanding the complexity of the of the landscape or the battle space, right? And you know everything that we touched on is part of this interconnectivity with, with cyber. Be it the budget, be it the lexicon, be it lawfare, um, be it contracts, you know, all of it. But the definition I, th- I think is really interesting because when I've come back to Michigan from working in the government. And I we talk about cyber and cybersecurity. Even even my team is like, I don't see cyber the way that you see cyber. And I'm like, well, how do you see cyber? What are they teaching you in these schools? And that's not wrong. It's just a it's just a recognition that there's something being there, there's something different, right? And so I'm looking at it and I'm saying, well, what are they teaching you? Or what are you seeing in commercial? What are you seeing in industry? And what are we seeing in government? And I'm understanding that. There's these definitions and or these understandings. And having that knowledge is, is important because now we, we can start to bend the argument. But I don't want to be so narrow-minded to say, well, that's wrong. But I will tell you this, and I've always, and I've always said this. I've always looked at cyber as being a, a word in, that is going to continue to evolve. And I've always, and I've always looked at cyber as digital electricity, uh, connectivity, anything that's in those, like just because I don't have a capability that can actually go after this electrical socket today, right now, you know, on my app, doesn't mean that tomorrow we won't. And so what will we call that, right? So today I call that, you know, I, I'm, I'm comfortable saying it's cyber. I just may not have that capability today at, my, at the ready, but it, it's connectivity. Right, it's digitized, doesn't you know? Once it gets to once it gets to ones and zeros, I can do something to it. I mean, actually, I can do something to it if it's energy, right? Right, as long as it's energy and ones and zeros, you can do something to it via cyber. I mean, at the end of the day, you can. So I
0: think that that gets at the crux of it, right? From so because if we look at like think what's going on in Ukraine and in in the large part of the population doesn't understand when and how the U.S. could or should be involved, as well as any other, you know, friendly nation. Some of the influencers that could be out there, right, with the global economy, because we you can't overlook them, right? At the end of the day, it kind of comes back to you're managing risk there as to, okay, we don't want to rock the boat too bad because if we do this, then X, Y, and Z happened, right? So we, as across the globe, right, Cyber has become a very risk-averse thing, but to your point, though, I do see and I agree that it continues to evolve, and maybe that's the largest challenge we have: is we're used to static doctrine, yeah, and and this is anything but, right? At the yeah. end of the day,
1: one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and that
0: influences everything from preparation, legislation authorities, as well as actually how we're growing our own talent, because with some of the things that your company now is working on, right, in AI, ML, uh, and whatnot, in any of the other emergent stuff that you're going to get yourself involved in, what we've done now is we've taken this skill set in this, you know, people will say, I dislike it with skills gap, because it's really, we have a need. But regardless of that, we'll use it because it's popular. The skills gap is going to continue to move. And all it is is now a shell game because as technology evolves, we're able to reduce some functions, but you're not eliminating headcount because all you're doing is now reallocating resources. And that's something that from a taxpayer perspective is frustrating, right? Because Congress has thrown money at things or we're going to authorize a new group or we're going to reconstitute. Well, for our listeners, there's this thing, right, that we went through several times called zero-based review where you review <laughs> everything from the ground up to justify why you're still, you need people to do a mission that you're not supposed to be doing anymore, right? Right. And that's why the budget is largely is going to continue to swell, but it's not sustainable. It really isn't.
1: Well, it kind of depends on the kind of math that you do, right?
0: <laughs> yes, <this> and, is <laughs> and,
1: and, and but it isn't sustainable. Well, you know, I I don't know if that's true or not because I I say that and I and I it, it shouldn't be true, right? It shouldn't be sustainable. But the reality is that this this kind of goes back to to me. I love the the discussion about economics. Right. Because I think that's exactly where we, we, we need to really understand, because if we do understand economics and you understand the complexity of economics and you understand why decisions are being made and why resources are being allocated and why capabilities and authorities, all of that. Right. And you know, one of the things I, I, I'm frustrated with the DOD, and even as a, from a planning perspective, is when I hear this, well, let's just go and let's go after this, or let's go after that. And I'm like, so have you calculated beyond the first, second, and third, right? And so what I look, and this is, you know, anybody that's had any real discussions with me, they'll understand. Have you factored out the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th effect, order of effects, right? Because that's exactly where we've got to be able to get to right? Take Stuxnet, for instance, right? I'm not going to go in too far into that. But I would say that, I mean, it's 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 well known that Stuxnet achieved what it needed to achieve. Okay, great. I, that's awesome. But then it kept going. So who factored for beyond? And that's why you see that there's a, the, that's why you see so much of the well, I don't want another one of those, or, you know, I, 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 man, how do you calculate that? How do you measure that? All of these things, right? So, I mean, it's scary, right? I mean, it, it really is, but it's it's worse if you don't even try to calculate for that, if you don't factor, if you can't measure, right? So, I would look at it, and I would say, look, it, it starts in education, it starts, it starts in the schools, it starts and it starts with the complex, it starts with critical logic, right? Critical thinking. And we don't do enough of that. Enough of that is not being done. Right? And so again, I talked about scale, right? How do you teach that at scale? How do you ensure that you're seeing that? Because, you know, we, we have pockets of talent, there's no doubt that we have the talent. Is the talent amassed in the same place in the same going in the same direction? It's not. It, it's just not. And, you know, you only have a certain amount of time to really influence, you know, the, and I, I don't want to, for you and I, John, I mean, we're not, we're not young anymore. I don't, I don't want to say they're kids, but, you know, they're, they're incredibly bright. I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're just amazing. But what I will tell you is they have a shutoff factor, right? they're great from eight to five, man. I mean, they're, seriously, like you're going to learn some stuff from eight to five, but once that five o'clock hits, maybe it's six, right? But once it hit, once it stops, they're done. They want to talk about something else. They want to do something, you know, they're, they're, they're off doing whatever it is. Whereas you and I, our generation, that's not how it is. Like we, we may wake up at two o'clock in the morning and, you know, if you Anything like me at two or three o'clock in the morning, I'm looking for a whiteboard because I've got right. something to jot down, right? <laughs> my my mind never stops thinking about this. But but I would argue that I'm nowhere near as smart as they are. Right. So it's how, how do you bridge that or how do you take advantage of, of all that? And it, and it is, it's a real challenge. Well,
0: and we always come back to that. It's that learning pipeline. And I can make the argument all day long, you know, is there's a reason why universities have had to set up Preparatory classes to get in there that are you have that a student has to pay for and don't count towards their degree pattern. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to say, Oh, if we see this increase and you're having to do this, then what's the deficit? You know exactly where to look at. And so you mentioned soft skills. Listen, our most recent state of cybersecurity report, it, the data affirms that yet again this year, the criticality of it. What was interesting, though, is that when given a a myriad of soft skills to choose from, which ones are important, truthfulness uh, was very low on the list and empathy was low on the list. And that was very disturbing, right? Because especially now you're dabbling, you know, you're moving into the corporate sector. And listen, You can't be successful in this industry if you don't understand business, if you can't understand their pain points, if you can't, because you were a partner with them for them to achieve a goal, which is to protect data, widgets, services at the end of the day. But again, you know, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time there. There's going to be another conversation. So let's shift gears here, because in light of what's going on in the world uh, with Ukraine, every day there's another article coming out about, a, you know, non-combatants, right? Let's we anonymous is is just all over the airwaves right love now. Love it. How are they and others shaping the the proverbial battlefield?
1: I love it. I do. I love it. But I will tell you, I think it scares the hell out of the DoD, right? And it scares it scares the hell out of the IC because they can't control it. They can't understand it. They can't measure it, right? And it's hard enough to do your day job. Now you're, you know, now you have to factor for this, right? That's gonna, t- it's gonna take some time. And I don't think they're, they're gonna do really well. I, re- I really don't think. I mean, I think, the, I think the 400, you know, the 407 uh, person army um, that, that's helping Ukraine is, 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 is doing phenomenal, given the circumstances. I just think the DoD and the IC and the government is just not going to be able to compete very well with that. It's not really going to be able to fully measure that and certainly not going to be able to control it I mean it's a, that's just a fact right so you know four hundred thousand four hundred thousand cyber professionals coming from you know multinational um yeah good luck good luck with that right so it it, it does cloud up the battle space but you know I think there's there's ways to use that it, it's it's if if we think if if, i just hope that we don't get to this point where we think that we can somehow control it or somehow can influence it i I would like to just i hope that we take the time to characterize it right to just kind of do some analysis characterize it appreciate it for what it is and then you know let's devise a plan right to to how we would be able to do this because there's a lot of benefit to it on so many vectors i mean just there's there's all kinds of stuff I'm thinking like evil genius wise. Right. But you, you need a couple other people to think that way too.
0: It was interesting, right? Because people saw, they saw the evil for what it was and, and they want to help. But the 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 flip side of this coin is that we're also seeing this uptick on bad actors when they disagree with anybody right like and it is so it is such a, a fine line because it truly has become romper room and depending on what your geographic region is what your laws are you know international boundaries the lack of norms right like it just makes it a complicated problem
1: yeah which is actually one of the reasons why you know it's it's interesting you brought up the human human nature just a little while ago because that's exactly what it's it, what it is, right? I mean, it's this chaos, right? It's, it's it's human nature. How do you factor for that? How do you factor for what's the threat? What's the thing that's going to really kind of piss off that, that group, you know, to make them coalesce? And the next thing you know, I mean, what happens if it's if they go against us? You know, what happens if it's, you know, the next thing you know, they come after infrastructure or whatever it is, you know, I mean, and, you know, how, how, do you, how do you defend against that, right? So, I don't want to, I don't want to oversimplify it and say, I don't think it's that hard, but I do think the answer is actually in artificial intelligence. I really do believe it's in automation. I believe it is in factoring for the human aspects of it, but I think it is also understanding the speed of relevancy, the speed of technology, speed of information, and then just understanding that it's not going to be a human solution. Right. I mean, it may be a human solution in that, hey, we're going to devise this. We're going to integrate technology in this particular way. We're going to assign rules. We're going to work with A.I. to to do those type of things. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I mean, when you start talking about machine learning and you start talking about reaction time, sometimes we even overthink ourselves. Right. We overthink. And yeah, sometimes we need a machine to do that. Well, you know, to to really simplify that concept, right?
0: Like growing up, man, I love manual cars, right? Like they're just a lot of fun to drive. But at the end of the day, you couldn't compare with with the speed and efficiency of an automatic transmission, right? Like it just, so it is, it's kind of that same thing. And so it is, it offers a lot of different challenges across the board. But to your point there, to me, is the criticality of What's the moral compass, right, of the people that are devising, influencing, modifying? Because algorithm, algorithms, machines, technology—it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they're only as good as how we're creating those things from the get-go. I, I, I agree one
1: hundred percent. That's why that's why artificial intelligence does not intimidate me at all. Yeah, not what, not not at all. You know, I mean, we see AI. AI is all over the place. We we have AI every single day. Anytime you say Alexa, what do you, what do you think you're getting? Right. Right. You know, I mean, there's different degrees of it, and you know, some are better than others. But like I, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier. Nobody's got it completely right. We're so far away from Skynet. So I mean, when people start talking about these ethics and and morals and this and that, you know, we're we're a ways away from that. So I, I look at AI and I and I say. Why I'm not intimidated by this Because I can see if I can, if I can get to your code, I can find out exactly who you are and what you did and, and how you learned it and how you. I mean, writing code is like how you write cursive, right?
0: Well, there's definitely that, and I think that what we're seeing today is that nothing's sacred because no. data is just getting dumped every time you turn around. There's source code of. It, anything under the sun is is getting dumped out there. So it's really, it's getting us to a point where, I think there, there's some global implications, right? Supply chain, like how we look at all of that. And, and to your point, you know, we talk about man, you know risk management and whatnot. But to your point, like you you need you need people to think. About the problem in unique ways, and it's in in nothing about today's landscape is binary, right? It's so complex we don't understand. We talked about you know, uh, you know, Stuxnet, right? And anything we we don't know how the exact pathway of travel anymore. When you and I came up through through the ranks, like you know. It's service providers and route, like we had all that down, but man, switch networks and everything has just taken us to a different point that you really don't know anything. You know, once, once you leave local loop, like it's just that way, but that's also adds the value of why, you know, you know, some will argue the criticality of having come up through the proverbial ranks, but we have to find a way to do differently because, how people are getting into the industry is not how you and I got here, right? It's just, we're, we're just perpetuating the band-aids and they're lacking the context. And that's just a really pervasive problem. But, you know, I was asked to comment for a journalist, and she was kind of digging into this uh, this new unit created by the FBI, um, Virtual Asset Exploitation Team, or VAXU, right? right? So I didn't hear a lot about it. I had to do my own background and, and come to find out, right, there was this national cryptocurrency enforcement team, right, subset of the DOJ. So it was kind of a flow down effect. So the question was like, well, why did they need to do it? <laughs> and I didn't have any good answers, right? Because at the end of the day, some of it's evolution, right? And we talked about this earlier where we just, the government kind of, we it's the shell game of assets. And and do I see some value in dedicated resources? Sure. But again, the longer I'm in business, I always ask, okay, if we're going to start doing something new, what are we going to stop doing? So In that, during the announcement, which was just a timely announcement, while uh, Deputy Attorney General uh, Monaco was out in uh, Munich, she made this quote. She said that the government needs to keep pace with threat actors who exploit innovations as fast as marketplace produces them. And further stated, the currency might be virtual, but the message to companies is concrete. If you report to us, we can follow the money and not only help you, but hopefully prevent the next victim. So when I read that, there's two different parts of that. There's a preventative means to which there's a lot of that already out there because the FBI has been saying, don't pay ransom, protect your data, encrypt it, and do those things. So that's largely being done. But then the follow-on part of that is the reactive is we can follow the money, but is it really within the purview of the FBI to steal back something that's been stolen, Like it really introduces a very unique situation here because it's oftentimes these are intangibles, right? So what are your thoughts on all of that? Cryptocurrency, another unit that's being stirred up to tackle it and what benefit is it truly going to be to entities such as yourself, right? Because small to medium enterprises, you make business decisions every day based on the livelihood of being able to keep yourself and a relatively small group of people employed.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's about time. I think it's a, I think it's probably, you know, I mean, it's probably a decade, uh, decade too late, maybe not too late. I mean, I mean, it's, it's better now than, than, than never. But it's interesting, take a look at who's leading it, right? And I don't mean the individual per se, the the person, but his background, his background is a prosecutor, right? So think about that. A prosecutor who understands technology and understands cryptocurrency and understands how criminals are working and you know and and what what they're working on it and you know you brought up an interesting thing a couple when we were first talking about authorities right and one of the things i i i've said and and i've i probably wore out shoes stomping on desk when it comes to title 10 and title 50, but title 18 is law enforcement. And why I love title 18 is because title 18 is the only authority or the one of the few authorities that I know that actually is designed to evolve. And it evolves because crime evolves, right? So now the vehicle for currency or the currency isn't the dollar, it's cryptocurrency right or nfts or you know you you name it right i mean so you also mentioned something as far as if, if we prioritize this or something that's got to fall off to, to some degree I, I disagree with that in that it should be that way i get it but like if we go down that path we're going to lose out on a lot of stuff right because you know crime and it, you know the, it's 24 hours of a day we know this but like you know Every day we're going, man. I wish we had more time, right? So, look, I mean, the the, the burden or the or you know the the weight is not decreasing, and so we, we've got to figure out how to do this. I like the cryptocurrency, but what I don't like is that too few in the U.S. government understand it. Too few, and that goes back to understanding economics and and the, the complexity of, of supply chain, right? All of that software, hardware, you know, this is exactly why you cannot decouple for when people say, well, let's just, you know, we'll just attack China. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, you know, I mean, I, I, it's not right or wrong. It's just a matter of like economics at this point, right? You know, and, and then economics turns into what? Different currency votes turns into a different currency jobs turns into right you know i mean you have to look at that and when you when we start to understand that as planners as effects in engineering those type of things the further down we can see this the better we can do so instead of you know like there's a reason why the u.s government does what it does and says hey look we want to go where the battle is going to be you know we don't want to fight on the homeland Right. So we have that mindset. What we what we don't have is the accompanying logic at scale. Some of us do, but some of us are also frustrated enough that you're like, man, I, I, I just can't wait for the DOD or the IC to get there. And, you know, and, and so the talent that you have within the within the government is honestly is fleeting. It, it really is because there's a frustration that oh it's just going to be typical. I don't have the time to waste. I'm frustrated. You, you see the first what, what was it the um, the first software um, lead for the Air Force you know resigned and he's like look just just a couple months ago he's like look you guys are so far behind this is ridiculous right. and he's he's outspoken about that and you know and a lot of people are like yeah maybe it's just him I'm like is it i know <laughs> you know I, I think there's probably you know there, there, where there's smoke there's fire there's all you know there's truth in the middle so it, it's not to say that there's not great americans it's not to say any of that but i would also say this is that everybody who wears a uniform right is a patriot for the most part right and you know i don't mean to question any of that but what you're seeing, what, what, you know, but where's innovation, right? Is innovate, innovation is really going to found in the, with capitalists, right? And I love it. I love it. You can be a capitalist and a patriot and vice versa, but you know, when we join the service, it's really because we're joining to be, you know, as a patriot first and maybe capitalist second, because nobody goes into the military saying, Hey, I'm going to make money. Nobody, right? The flip side Right? Is if you're a capitalist and you're saying, "Hey, look, I've got this idea. I've got this thing that I think would work." That's different, and so it's it's not wrong. It's it's just different. But it's understanding those, and then it, and when you can put those together, and you have that, and you can factor for complexity, man, it's powerful. It really is. It's powerful. Now one of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I can't get there with the DOD, right? I can't get there fast enough. I actually have to get out of it a little bit. Uh, I kind of got to break that, that inertia, break that gravitational hold that, you know, you and I still have, right. We we just have that affection, you know, I'm never going to let them fail, but I realize that I, I, I can't do all that needs to be done deep within that. So I actually kind of got to extract out a little bit, Bring in some of the the commercial, some of the industry, some of the talent that honestly just isn't interested in becoming a number in the government, but wants to do great things. So that's why I'm out here kind of being able to do that. Now, I throw automation on there. Now I throw my artificial intelligence, my logic, right? You know, that's been, you know, taking a look at for the last 30 years and understanding complexities in human nature and economics and, you know, social, you know, geopolitical, right? So that's when you're powerful, right? Is when you can amass all of that. So I'm going to jump in right there because, you know,
0: I was, I did a presentation to Puerto Rico Science and Technology And they're doing amazing things on the aisle, and that really sums up everything that we kind of touched on with the whole continuum, right? And and just they get it down there. But when I was prepping for that presentation, I came across this PwC Global Trends report that Mm -hmm. talked about this four worlds of work. And and I think that's what, to your point, right, because red, green, yellow, and blue largely are going to decide – organizational priorities, the type of employees that they attract or, or that they, you know, repel right equally, um, what their drivers are and and all that stuff. And that's where within cyber all too often we've treated this, like it's this just spooky, scary thing. We, we in isolation, we want to look at things in a silo and it's anything but that. And you know, more and more I find myself when we're having conversations about stuff, I'm like, but what would an MBA's perspective be on something, right? Because yes. like that's the power there. It's not about teaching people the technical stuff because there's a lot of high power people that you and I worked for in and out of the government now that are saying, give me somebody who can articulate, who could critically think, who understands what's important to my company and I'll train them to do whatever, and it's not always technical stuff, and that really is. That's where it comes all down to, right? Like at that point, it's it's how we're viewing things and how complex everything is. So, but the last thing, right? And I agree with you. I think Title eighteen is exciting to me. I love law enforcement. How creative some of them are. Where where I do see some hypocrisy though is that. <laughs> the U.S. has not regulated cryptocurrency, and their attempts to do so is actually limited to stablecoin, which has got a tangible connection and backed, right, to which w- this FBI unit and what some of the stuff we see that they, they are involved in, it's in a very unregulated world. So it does kind of seem like from dealing with bad actors abroad, it's a good thing because it's an undefined space and you can just kind of do whatever. But within the boundaries of of the U.S. and the protections that our constitution provide us, it is kind of scary, right? Because if something's not defined as being illegal, How do you like, and there's been a lot of cases of this with all kinds of stuff where maybe something's legal or federal, but not at state or, or, you know, or whatnot, or if you're right, it just becomes complicated. And that is the one challenge to me that, and I'm sure you share this, right? Is because authorities aside, lawmakers aside, laws, we know that laws have not caught up with technology. And we also know that bad actors don't give a damn about laws. Right.
1: I, I think, you know, what I think is interesting about cryptocurrency is in understanding the, the, the federal government and how the federal government looks at commerce and how it works, trade, commerce, and even currencies, right? But even below that, who in the federal government, right? I mean, who in the federal government makes these determinations, right? Do, do we really believe that the, 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 that they, those in the federal government are know the most about money <laughs> I mean really I mean I, I and then to understand that like every four years every eight years whatever the political cycle is the head of the, the the head of you know treasury is changing out right you know the you know the the government's financial leadership is changing out right and so to your point about like how does it keep up and, it, and it, or it doesn't keep up but I want I, you know and nobody's gonna tell you but like definitely like to see what their portfolios have because i believe their portfolios probably have cryptocurrency you know or some some form of that i mean how do you not if you're if you're also saying hey everybody should have a diverse financial portfolio right no no kidding no doubt so again you're gonna dabble yeah (laughs) but what type of cryptocurrency and which one right you know whereas the you know and, and i really like from a cyber or information Take a look at what Elon Musk does with it, right? And then he gets on Twitter, and bam, and it drops, and then it raises, and it drops. And that's where, you know, to kind of bring it all back, the interconnectivity, right? Yeah. And a lot of it is because, not just because of the complexity, but it's also because of the ignorance, right? People don't know enough about it and when they don't know enough about it what does it do it kind of puts people in a in a state of paralysis right oh i'd like to invest but i don't know i'd like to invest oh maybe we should go maybe we shouldn't go and you know this is kind of where we're at right now and unfortunately you know when you get the speed of information you get the speed of relevancy and technology and, and all that we're drowning in it i mean we just are we are absolutely drowning in it and we are you know we're not responsive we're really bad at being reactive going back to the eye of Zaron, right hey it's ukraine we were focused on china for what ukraine right and so you take a look at that and it's no wonder we're in the state we're in right but if you're a critical thinker and i'm not saying you have to slow down but if you're methodical and you're looking for and you and you and you're looking for the key indicators, and better yet, you're looking for the sources of those key indicators. And you start to work. What 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 I look at? One of the things that my team is working on is what we call decision advantage, right? When you start to look at those sources, you start to be able to characterize those sources as authoritative, right? When you start to get to that level, then you can kind of get through the minutia. Right. And that's what the, and that's what's going on is you see a lot of this minutia and everybody. It's like when you go out, to, it's like if you're surfing and it's been a while since you and I have done this. But like, what do you got to get through? You got to get through the wash. Yeah. Right. And sometimes that wash can be really heavy. Right. You know, and it's not till you kind of get past that to that break that you're like, ooh. but then you take a look behind you. And most people are on the shore. Right. So those that can get through that break, they're going to win yeah but you have to know you have to know as you're going out there that you're paddling that you're going to go through the wash you absolutely have to go through the wash right but if you're wiser oh well, you get a jet ski to pull you through the wash that's doing, right, do, right? Yeah. You know,
0: I, and we could sum that up, right? S- slow is fast, right? We we live in this hyper-connected world and and I'm a big advocate, right, of unplugging and just an in individual balance. So what well, I tell you, Fred, man, we covered a lot of ground. Um, we could talk about it for hours at the end of the day. Quick recap here. You know, we talked about just the evolution, uh, cyber and warfare, DoD as uh, reality versus you know commercial perspectives and the people that are joining the industry and in some of this disconnect um, how non-combatants are influencing the cyberspace which just it, it, I agree with a lot of your thoughts there uh, we talked about the FBI's uh, you know most recent attempts to uh, tackle some of the cryptocurrency and bad actors and and help businesses. And over time, we're going to see, right? There's not a lot advocated about that. But again, man, I just want to thank you for your time, making time. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our viewers before we sign off? No,
1: John, it's always, it's always a pleasure. And, and, you know, like we were saying a little bit earlier, right? I mean, uh, I don't want to say time is money or anything like that. But the older we get, the more we appreciate time and, and we appreciate, you know, people that are like-minded and, and, and are not projecting the same message, but like, I'm too old to convince everybody. I, I don't, you know, and really, I'm really after the bad actors, right? And this is what I'm after, you know, but I can't do it the way that, you know, we, we, we may have done it in the past. We've, we've, we've got to evolve and we've got to be able to get to the ground truth and say, hey, this is not, th- th- this isn't working. And it doesn't mean that anybody's bad or they're at fault It's beyond that. We just got to say, this is not working. Let's understand that for the, like the last 10, 15 years, it's not working. Do we continue to go down this path or do we change direction, right? But instead of changing direction to just change it, let's take for this, just pause for a second and let's understand that it is the wash, right? And then let's let's, let's develop a plan, a strategy to get through that. And then that then when that happens the noise starts to cancel out just like hey these are noise canceling headphones somebody came up with that right so that's what we need right is to, is to kind of understand that hey all data is not bad data but all data i don't i don't need all the data right I, and, and you know you and john you and i you know when we first started this back in the you know the the early 90s right and you know maybe you i'll even go so far as to say maybe you in the early 80s i know you're Right. <laughs> but, you know, we, we came in about the same time and, you know, you remember when it was Y2K? Remember Y2K, right? You remember right before that, you know, as we're, you know, second, first classes. And what would we do when we came in on the watch floor? We'd take a look. We'd bring up, say, hey, what was in the network? And we were probably looking at three or four different fields. Right. I mean, really, mm-hmm. we were looking at three different fields, three or four different fields now we're looking at how many fields yeah but really you're talking about the data that's available is in the hundreds of fields so but is all 100 are those 300 400 fields really important which ones are really important right it's certainly more than four but it's not 300 plus Right. So we've kind of got to be able to say, hey, what what is that? What are those fields that we really need to those data fields that we really got to start concentrating on? And then let's identify which ones. Hey, can I automate? Should I automate? And which ones actually have to be done by the human factor? Let's have that conversation. Right. Those that are having that conversation are winning and those that are having and that are doing that are pushing out really good products right now.
0: No, that's a final good plug there about the appropriateness of technology, right? What it, what business yeah, problem are you trying to solve? Because all too often we want to throw technology at a problem, and it's and it's the wrong solution, right? At the end of the day, because some, it, to your point, you need to be able to discern the value of it. But hey, thanks again. I really appreciate it. I'm John Brandt, and this was Cyber Pros. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To listen to more podcasts from ISACA, please visit ISACA.org podcast. Don't forget to subscribe for upcoming episodes.